the Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Thank you for tuning in to the Paul Leslie Hour. I'm honored that you're here. This is the home to interviews with some of the most iconic and interesting people around on the topics of arts, entertainment, and culture. With hundreds of interviews in the catalog, the best is yet to come. Help me in my mission. Go to www.thepaulleslie.com and click support the show. Any amount is appreciated. Now, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our pleasure to welcome the guest on this episode of the Paul Leslie Hour, the very talented singer, Pamela D'Amico. Hello there. It's a great pleasure to have you on the line here. Who is Pamela D'Amico? Who is Pamela D'Amico? I don't know, Paul. Who is she? I'm kidding. Who am I? People always like to ask me that question. I'm not sure if you're asking me that because you want to know or if because I do a lot of different things. I, in general, I like to say the way I answer this question is I am a people person and a storyteller in practically everything that I do or try to do creatively. I just love communicating with people as a performer. When you are standing on a stage and you're giving your heart and soul and you get that reaction back, you know, whether it's amazing or bad or whatnot, I just love communicating. So I try to work from the standpoint as a storyteller, whether it be in acting or singing or whatnot. Well, I want to kind of go back to the heart of the matter. What was life like in the D'Amico household? I come from a very large Italian family. We're quite quite big. Even my third cousins are, are very close. I don't even know how many we are now if I counted it all up, but we're in the hundreds, basically. When we have a family wedding, it's quite large. We're all very close, very warm family. I'm the youngest of five kids. I have three brothers and an older sister who leads our family um, at, at the top of the, the sibling line, I mean. My siblings are much older than I, if you start from the top on down, and I feel like we had separate parents when we talk now because my sister is in her 40s, my brother, you know, all the way down. And um, by the time they got to me, they sort of mellowed, I think, a bit. But one thing that always stood is that we are very close-knit. So we, it was very important to have, you know, family dinners, sort of old school. When you think of, like, an old school Italian family, you're having your Sunday dinner with the sauce and all that stuff. When we get together now for the holidays, all that stuff comes right back. Very f- funny and warm family, love to laugh, love to eat. Music, very important. You know, he's grown up, growing up with the, the staples of, you know, Frank and Dino and... Bobby Darren, a lot of swing music in our house, and then also a lot of Pavarotti, and then a lot of, you know, Stevie Wonder, a lot of Top 40 stuff. Very warm family I come from, and very people-person oriented. My parents are very social people, so even now today, even though we're all out of the house, they are the social people of the block. So if it's a holiday or, you know, they're the ones throwing the, the block party, basically. Why do you think that there are so many Italians who are good singers? I'm serious. Italians are very emotional and passionate people. If anyone of you ever traveled abroad, if you meet especially European Italians, they're very, very passionate. You think like, wow, anybody over there could be a performer because they love life so much. They have a different sense of humanity, I think, than other cultures because they're very culturally oriented. You know, it's like if you go to uh, 
New York versus L.A., New York is a very pedestrian place where you have to deal with people all the time. And L.A., you're in your car all the time, so it's more solo. I think Italians are like the pedestrians of Manhattan where they love to engage. So um, I think it has something to do with that and having a sense of history and family and culture. You know, I think that translates over to every other culture. A lot of people want to be Italian or be associated with Italian things, and I think Italians sort of make the best fashion and cars and I don't know. I think just that we are very emotional people. You mentioned a few artists there. Could you pick an artist who has influenced you the most? When I was very small, being the youngest of five and sort of, like I said, my siblings being older than myself, I was the last one in the house. I didn't go to preschool. I stayed home with my mom and... I watched TV, but I watched the Nostalgia Network, which would now be something akin to, like, a Turner Classic Movies. And I was watching a lot of black and white films, and the Judy Garland show would air on this particular network. To me, it was such a fantastical world of glamour and song, and it was much more interesting to me than, let's say, Sesame Street. Watching her, you know, Judy had this uncanny ability to know when to be still and know when to be very flamboyant. And in the moments that she was still are some of the most powerful moments in singing. And I know a lot of people like to make fun of her vibrato or what have you, you know. But she touched people in in certain ways that came from a center of truth that I think some singers have forgotten, I think. That definitely had a huge impact on me. Another artist would be Ella Fitzgerald, because to this day I can listen to her all day long and just never grow tired. She just has this this voice that's like a soul speaking to you, like a, a motherly, maternal sort of soul that I love listening to. Do you consider yourself an old soul? I definitely do. Yeah, I definitely do. When I was very young, I, I was sort of a sponge. Like, I don't really remember talking very much from age, you know, one to ten was very much an observer. Through that, I guess, I became an old soul, or maybe I already was an old soul, but I like to monitor people's behavior and sort of learn from them. But also, at the same time, I felt like I already knew what I was learning for some reason. I don't know. But definitely an old soul as far as intelligence is concerned, but also with this music, I felt like I've known this music my whole life. Speaking of the music, what is it that you like about jazz? Jazz is just my heart. You know, jazz and standards, American standards, are the melodies of these songs are so beautiful, and they're just timeless, and they tell a story. Most of these songs, you know, uh, know, standards come from Broadway musicals, Broadway theater. There's a story behind each of them that, you know, sometimes doesn't exist in pop music today. And I, I love singing all kinds of material, but this music particularly just stands the test of time, and it's just, part of who I am, whether it be because I have some, you know, reincarnated attachment to it or because I was raised with the music, I don't know, as part of my family. But it's just a, uh, the melody, really, is is the answer. Well, you know, you mentioned the American songbook there. Do you have a favorite songwriter? Not so much favorite, but one that I really love that people sometimes forget. He was actually a singer as well as Johnny Mercer. Because of his storytelling ability, I also like Cole Porter a lot because I think he was a, a dangerous songwriter and put his lyrics to sort of up-tempo things that people weren't really realizing what they were singing. 
as far as storytelling goes, I think Johnny Mercer, which is one of the reasons why I put one for my baby on my album. I wanted to talk about the album. The album is called Got a Little Story. How did you go about picking the songs? Oh, geez. Uh, you know, I traveled quite a bit between New York and L.A. and sort of, as a business-minded person, looked at what was happening in jazz and American songbook recordings and what people were recording a lot of and what they were sort of negating or what had not been recorded in a long time. And my first thought was to record an album of songs that are mainly done by men so I can sort of change it up. So I started with one for my baby. From there, just found a lot of different songs that had not been done or things that I've always wanted to record and sort of related them to my personal life and what those songs meant to me. And on the album, actually, each song sort of represents a person to me, which I talk about in my shows and concerts. Uh, I tell little stories before each song. Choosing the songs, like Perfidia was a melody that my mom would sing around the house when I was a child. And she always said, she's like, you you know, when you do an album, you have to record this song. So when I was researching it, I was like, oh, Perfidia, you know, this is a beautiful melody. And then I looked into where it came from and what it actually was about. And I'm like, oh, this is a terrible story. It's all about treachery and this woman being cheated on by her lover. And it's so gorgeous that you don't even think about it when you're singing it or whether you hear it. It comes from a Mexican folk song. The Latin root of uh, Perfidia, I believe, means treachery. So Interesting. Yeah, so just from there, like I said, I originally had set out to sing songs that were only recorded by men or seldom recorded, and then I just found these other great songs, and by the time I had built my track list and started working with Chris Walden, I was like, you know, we need a 10th track, and I don't know what that is, and Anne Hampton Calloway is a great friend of mine, and sort of like a, I call her my fairy godmother, she's a, such a maternal great figure in my life, and um my mom said, why don't you call Anne and see if she's got a, a, a song that she's penned to put on the album. And she said, okay, I sent over some songs, and one of them was perfect. And I listened to it, and I was like, that's the perfect song to close this album. So that's how we got there. But each each track has a little story like that. One of the songs that I think may be my favorite song, and again, it's it's a song that you don't hear many other people recording, When October Goes. You know, I was given a bunch of different track lists and things, and when October goes, for me, you know, as a child, I moved from New York to Florida and then came out to Los Angeles, but always, I will always be a New Yorker. I have the fondest sort of bittersweet memories of growing up in Long Island during the 80s, you know, when kids would go outside and play. (laughs) You know, that doesn't really exist anymore. They're on their little, you know, their DS and their electrical toys all the time, but they don't really go outside and play with neighborhood kids. When October goes, reminds me of basically the seasons in, in Long Island from changing from summertime into autumn and then autumn into winter. And with that comes a lot of emotions. It's like, you know, you are, you've started school and now you're in, in the throes of school and it's going to be wintertime and then Christmas and you're feeling all these emotions. For me, it was sort of a a bittersweet memory of, you know, being with the neighborhood kids and my family and my siblings and and that feeling you get basically when that all sort of goes away, you know, when someone visits you on vacation and then you have that three-day postpartum period, so to speak, you know, when when the house is empty again and having these fond memories. I feel like I sort of feel that a lot if I'm in Los Angeles during the autumn and winter months because they don't have anything in their seasons to tell them that time has passed, you know, on the West Coast. So it's just um, 
fond memories for me that led me to sort of record that song. And then in, interspersed in between that, in the instrumental part, you'll, you'll hear a little bit of Autumn Leaves, a little bit in homage to that. When someone listens to your music, what do you hope they get from the experience of listening? I definitely want them to um, get a sense of warmth and peace and fun. You know, we have a lot of swingy tracks on the album, a lot of songs that swing and are a bit up-tempo, like We Are In Love. Really just a sense of love and loving. Like I, I, like I said, I'm a people person. I love to bring love and share love wherever I am. And I'm a pretty positive person. So I feel this album is something you can you know, put on at a dinner party at your home or at a party or just listening by yourself. And just a sense of warmth and happiness, really. My last question. One of the things about this show is we have a lot of listeners from all over the place. I don't think there's a week that passes that I don't hear from someone in France or England. So it's kind of amazing that, uh, you know, like music, a song can be in a language someone doesn't understand and someone can still identify with it. So for anyone who's listening to our interview, wherever they are, whenever they hear this, what would you like to say to all the people who are tuning in? I would like to say to go with your gut always and dream so, so, so very big and know that you can basically be whatever you want first and, and not to listen to anybody else. Experience your own journey, basically. Well, Ms. Miko, I appreciate this interview. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. bop bop Dilly bop bop badoo bop zee bock a doodly not bock suki chacha kooka baza looky baza necka pooky kata go da dum bock doodly zan badoo daki bati kay yeah zika baka pooka long gone doodly boo goodbye.